and an assessment. Well, the, as, as Councillor Dean says, the local plan inquiry is going to be the most independent assessment of our local plan that we could possibly have. So I, I, would, I would suggest, Chairman, that this matter has been handled properly and, uh, and transparently and indeed openly and officer's record on this matter is a matter of public record. Thank you, Chairman. Is there any, uh, any other points on page 8, I think it was? Moving to page 9. Uh, 10 and 11. Good. Chairman's announcements. Uh, I only have one uh, announcement at the moment, and that is just uh, some news that I actually visited uh, Carver Barracks yesterday and met with senior officers uh, and was uh, treated to uh, an exhibition of uh, bomb disposal techniques and equipment, which is revealing. And uh, the only point I would make coming from that, uh, that meeting is that uh, uh, whilst we have a good relationship and a good strength, a strong relationship with the barracks, I think it's something which I would certainly like to uh, further as well during my year, so, uh, particularly with the uh, community covenant, which, uh, which uh, has funds available for community projects related. Um, the next item, item 9, is to formally review the political balance of the Council. We have a report and that the recommendation is that, it's, that the Council review its political composition and, uh, and accepts the, uh, the recommendations in this report. Chairman, I'd, I'd like to uh, move that uh, recommendation. Uh, political balance basically remains unchanged, so therefore... Uh, at this point, I have no more to say on that, but I'll ask you to accept the recommendation, Chairman. Is there a seconder? Councillor Hicks, should we move to a vote? Yep. Oh, sorry. Chairman, could I, could I seek clarification on the issue of the chairmanship of committees? In our committee papers, the last sentence in paragraph 10 states that all committees are then, will then appoint their chairman and vice-chairman. But in the papers that we have, we have chairman and vice chairman named here. And I would just like clarification which is correct. Mr Perry. Chairman under the Constitution it provides that the committees will elect their own chairman and vice chairman unless elected at full council. <coughs> Does that answer your question? That is what we're doing, Chair. That's fine. Yep. Okay. Uh, should we move to a vote on that? We have a proposer, uh, Councillor Kettridge, and seconder, Councillor Hicks. Those in favour? Okay. Uh, item 10 appointment uh, for committees uh, for the following year. And again, that's part of that, uh, that, uh, that report. And. Uh, the idea is to, uh, to appoint on block. So, we have a proposer? Yes, Chairman. Chairman, the, uh, I shall move that the appointment of committees are as set out on the agenda at item 10, I say which largely remains uh, uh, unchanged, with the exception, I think, uh, of a, a Vice Chairman of Scrutiny, I think is one change there. Um, but, Chairman, I move that we accept those appointments. Thank you. Do we have a seconder? selection there. Excellent. Uh, any comments? No. Should we move to a vote on that? Okay, so no, that's 
And item 11, to appoint the following working groups. That's the Constitutional Working Group, the joint, uh, Local Joint Committees and the Electoral Working Group. Again, Chairman, uh, I ask the Council to accept the uh, appointments as set out at item 11 uh, of the agenda. Seconder, please. Councillor Hicks. Any comments? Move to a vote, please. Oh, sorry. You'll have to Sorry, point, point of clarification, Chairman. We have no local development framework working group here. Is it intended that is disbanded? Thank you. Oh. Councillor Minnell. Chairman, I just wondered if the Community Achievement Awards working group should be on here. I'm informed it's a cabinet responsibility. Can, can, I, can I just clarify? Clarify that that cabinet working groups will be set out at, at the first meeting of the cabinet uh, next month. Okay, we have a proposer and a seconder. Uh, all those in favour, please. Item 12, to appoint the Chairman and Vice-Chairman of the Area Forums. Chairman, again, uh, at Item 12 uh, on your agenda, these are set out, uh, therefore I don't need uh, to actually um, spell them out, uh, but as, as it is broadcast, perhaps I will just do that. Uh, Chairman of the South Forum, Councillor Leslie Wells, uh, Vice-Chairman, Councillor uh, John Davey, North Forum, uh, Councillor Minnell, and Vice-Chairman, Councillor Perry. I, I so move, Chairman. Seconder, please. Okay, Councillor Eastman. Uh, all those in favour? Item 13, to appoint a member representative to serve on the Essex Police and Crime Panel. Uh, the existing representative is Councillor Chambers. Chairman, I propose that Councillor Chambers continue uh, in that role. As I say, I don't think there's anybody else on this council who has a greater knowledge of uh, uh, police crime? and crime. Therefore, I so propose, Chairman. <laughs> <laughs> Do I have a seconder for that, please? <laughs> Councillor Rose. Um, all those in favour? Excellent. Item 14. Um, matters of report from the Leader and members of the Executive. If we can start with the Leader, please. Chairman, uh, first of all, let me be first, one of the first to congratulate you uh, on your appointment. Um, but I, I do have a few things to say this evening, Chairman. But bef before I do, uh, can I just call upon the Chief Executive to say a, a, a few words? Thank you. Thank you, uh, Leader, and thank you, Chairman. I wonder if my colleague, Mr Joyce, would like to uh, come forward a little. Uh, I'm going to humiliate you and embarrass you. I'd rather not, but I think people would like you to be seen. Um, while Stephen is making his way, I hope members are now by all aware that um, Stephen will shortly try to sit down and then stand out. <laughs> That's probably easier. Uh, we'll be leaving us 
very shortly. Um, in fact, his last day is the 30th of June. Uh, he only resigned on Friday, and already, Chairman, this is the last council meeting before he goes. So I would like to pay him a small tribute, and it will be a small tribute because I haven't had much time to prepare this. In fact, I only really realised that this would be your last council meeting this afternoon. Um, Stephen's leaving us to join a body called the animal charity called the Animal Health Trust. It's a big step up for him and it is, of course, a sad loss to local government and, of course, ourselves. Because uh, Stephen joined us somewhat a while ago now uh, in 2008 as Section 151 officer. And uh, some of you will remember that this was a time of considerable pain for the council. We had empty corporate pockets. We were under the watchful eye of the Voluntary Improvement Board. We had just found out how successful our investments in Iceland had been and we had overall a pretty poor reputation. Now since then we've made huge improvements and Steve has played a, a major part in that, especially around financial management and financial discipline. And he's made local government finance, if not interesting, at least understandable. And I know he's worked with all of you, either individually or collectively, on financial matters. And you'll all know that he really does put himself out to help you. And what he's really done, though, is to restore and maintain trust in the council's finances. And that's just not you know, the public trust, but it's our trust. And we can all have fancy policies, goals, all the objectives we might want, all the visions, all the mission statements, all the thought showers I've heard, wizard wheezes, good ideas, oh, we'll call them what you will, good ideas, whatever policies we might want. But without sound financial bedrock and the confidence that gives us, we as a council can do nothing. But it's not just the money, and there's no doubt Steve has done a fantastic job for the council in other ways, and by bringing different insights into our lives through his hobbies. These include breeding dogs, which I think has successfully raised nine biting things. Uh, he's into something called heavy metal, which for those of you uh, older than me, is a sort of, it's like the Charleston, but a bit noisier. And uh, plays the drums and his own band at one stage. And of course the complimentary recreation that all people who engage in these things have is umpiring cricket matches. And uh, we can all look forward to the day, I'm sure we all do, that our village greens and parks and squares and green spaces are thronged with men in white coats pointing and adjudicating <laughs> on things. This isn't the time for a full leaving speech, so this is about as far as it goes. But it is, I think, Chairman, uh, time to register our thanks and appreciation for everything that Steve has done for Uttlesford and to wish him all the very best for the future. And with your cha permission, Chairman, I'd like that to be minuted. And I'm sure that all members will wish to register their appreciation in the good old Uttlesford way. So Thank you very much, Chief Executive, and uh, I'm sure I speak uh, on behalf of all the members in endorsing uh, what you've said. 
I'd like to begin my remarks this evening, Chairman, by attempting to combat just some of the misinformation that is being put into the public domain, much of it surrounding house, housing and planning. It is imperative that this district continues to provide a good stream of housing for those families that are currently on our housing waiting list and for the future generations that will also need help in obtaining housing. <coughs> we are generally, genuinely fortunate to live in a district that is recognised as having the best quality of life of any rural district in the country. Part of the reason for that recognition is the good health and life expectancy that is enjoyed by the residents of our district. One of the most important factors in the health and well-being of a district or borough is good housing and an adequate supply of housing. This fact is underlined in a letter sent to district and borough leaders a few days ago by Chris Hopkins, MP Housing Minister, where he states, and I quote, often unsuitable or poor quality housing and housing support can have as much of an impact on health and well-being as illness. The ageing population means that there is an increasing number of older people and people with disabilities living in properties that they consider unsuitable for their needs or requiring support to continue to live independently and avoid the need for more costly care. One only has to look at those districts and boroughs with poor and inadequate housing to see the effect on health and life expectancy. And I recommend to you this document uh, from the National Housing Federation, Home Truths, and I'll just, just pick one little bit for, uh, from the uh, second page, where it talks, and this is the, an East of England document, where it talks about one in four of young adults aged 20 to 34 are currently living with their parents. This then brings me to one of the first elements uh, of misinformation, housing allocations. A local person interviewed on BBC Look East on the 30th of April claimed that affordable housing in Uttlesford is allocated, and I quote, to hundreds of people brought in from outside and not to people on our waiting list. This is just perpetuating myth. Let's look at the facts. To date, there are currently 1,813 households on Uttlesford's housing register waiting for a home in Uttlesford. 689 of them are single applicants, 313 are couples, and 811 are families. Demand is outstripping supply, with on average 52 households joining our register each month since April 2013. Between the 1st of April 2013 and the 31st of March 2014, in other words, uh, a year, we allocated 303 social housing properties through through the choice-based letting system, and over 97% of them were allocated to people within the district uh, from our housing waiting list. But to allocate affordable housing at all, we must have a supply of housing to even begin to tackle the demand. And while on the subject of affordable housing, and the term affordable is often either deliberately or mistakenly misunderstood, I will again clarify that what we are referring to is rented housing either owned by the council itself or by housing associations or housing where there is a shared equity in the property. In this respect, the council is bringing forward small schemes where we can redevelop sites in the council's ownership and this is the first time in many years that this has happened. We continue to encourage rural exception sites in villages in the district and a great example of this is currently being built at Manudan. 
But to make inroads, any real inroads, into the housing waiting list, we rely upon the affordable housing element that we get from residential planning applications, where this Council's policy is to achieve 40% of affordable social housing through Section 106 agreements. In this district, we have been very successful in delivering social housing by these means. However, it is with some concern we note that the Planning Minister is consulting on whether such agreements should be imposed in the future. I can tell you, Members, that I have written to the Minister uh, in the following terms. And I hope you'll bear with me because I'm going to bang on a little bit. DLG on the 28th of April. Thank you for the opportunity to comment on this consultation document. The district of Uttlesford has been ranked the, first, the best rural place to live in the UK according to the latest Halifax Rural Areas Quality of Life Survey. I know that this is a beautiful part of the country to live and I take great pride in the district. This, is now, this now has outside independent recognition. I am particularly delighted to hear that our residents have the highest standard of living in rural Britain and over 95% of them are in good health. It is also encouraging to learn that the district performs strongly in terms of average weekly earnings and a high employment rate. However, we won't be complacent and will continue to support our local businesses and drive the local economy forward. Uttlesford residents are comparatively wealthy, with average weekly earnings of £819 and an employment rate of 84%, well above the national average of £608 and 74.4% respectively. While 96.7% of residents report to be in good, generally good health, they can also look forward to a life expectancy of 81.8 years. However, the average house price in the area is seven times local annual gross earnings, which is above the average rural, price, rural house price to earnings ratio for all rural areas of 6.2. These statistics show what a desirable place Uttlesford is. However, it is of course expensive to buy property in this area, which shows just how important it is that the Council continues to provide for more affordable housing in the district. The Council is currently maximising its existing housing stock by looking at the potential for development on all Council-owned land. Recently we announced the construction of a brand new development of Council homes at Mead Court and Cannons Mead in Stansted. The first phase is due for completion in January 2015. There are also a number of other schemes in the pipeline which will provide much needed affordable homes in the district. These include developments in Saffron Walden and in Felston. We have, at that time, 1,774 people on our housing waiting list in real need of a home in our district. This list continues to increase each day and so therefore it is vital that we continue to provide affordable homes for our residents, especially those of our future generation. It is very clear we take the provision of affordable housing for local people very seriously. Many housing developments within Uttlesford are small scale and under the traditional 15 or more unit policy we, we, <coughs> and under, we miss out on much needed affordable housing from many developments. Having taken specialist advice, we are confident that it is possible to secure affordable housing or a financial contribution from schemes as small as two units. As a result, in June 2013, Ottersford District Council adopted a new developer contributions guide and this was reviewed and adopted as a material consideration. Since the policy was implemented in June 2013, we have granted permission on a number of housing schemes between, uh, between 5 and 14 units and 9 schemes between 2 and 4 units, the latter providing a pot of funding that amounts to £474,000. This will enable us to progress a small council-owned garage site development of 5 units and provide much-needed affordable housing for those on our housing register. On a scheme of 5 or more units, we require 20% affordable housing. 
We have recently granted permission on a small site of five properties, which will provide the Council with an additional affordable home for rent. I am therefore dismayed with the thrust of the current consultation. If the proposed policy is implemented, we will lose the opportunity to deliver much needed affordable housing across the district and lose the ability to fund some of our smaller developments that meet specialist housing needs in our district. I urge you to reconsider this proposal and allow local councils to set affordable housing, housing policies locally. <coughs> this brings me to the next wave of misinformation currently being propagated, uh, and this is uh, propagated, propagated last week by Mr Paul Gadd uh, of We Are Residents in the local press, which implied that Uttlesford does not extract money for sports facilities from housing developers. Nothing could be further from the truth. As an example, the countryside development on Peaslands Road, which provides a football pitch, excellent pavilion facilities, and a multi-use games area, commonly known as a mugger, and a significant sum of money for future maintenance, its neighbouring David Wilson Homes development provided a capital sum of 282000 which was to be used towards new or improved playing fields, and which Sport England said should be used for the furtherance of football, and this sum was passed to Southampton Town Council and has been passed onwards to football organisations in the town. The Ashton Road Persimmon development has resulted in land for football pitches at Walden Road, together with a sum of £100,000 to be paid on transfer of that land to Saffron Town Council. I also have uh, here, and I won't go through it because it'll, it'll, it'll take me some time, the list of Section 106 agreements across the district in Takeley, in Stansted, etc., where very large sums of money have been obtained from developers uh, for the provision of sports and community facilities. In any case, it is quite a ridiculous position for We Are Residents to take, not only, because not only are they completely wrong, but in saying that we should extract more sports facilities from developers, they should explain why they objected to the Kia planning application, which provided the greatest addition to the town's stock of playing fields that we have seen in generations. Members, in changing tack, I can inform you today that a report is being prepared for the June Cabinet meeting which will make grant funding available to town and parish councils in our district for the cleaning and or refurbishment of war memorials. This will be on a match funding basis and form part of this council's recognition of the fallen in the First World War as the centenary of the First World War approaches. Details of this uh, will be available very shortly. And just while I'm mentioning that, the Cabinet meeting scheduled for the 19th of June will now be held on uh, the 25th of June. We've also been approached uh, in connection with the recognition of the, of, that, of the part that REF Debden, now Carver Barrett, played in the Second World War and in the life of the district. We have been asked if a plinth could be erected in Elder Street near to the entrance which would commemorate the RAF and USAF squadrons that served there. We will be seeking to implement such a commemorative, commemorative plinth. Chairman, uh, because of uh, rumours that have been circulating certainly today, um, I'd, I'd like to just uh, say the following to, uh, to the Council. My friends and family and Conservative group colleagues are aware of the decision I took before the 2011 local Council elections that this Council term would be my last after 32 years as an elected Arthur's District Council member. 
Therefore, as leader of the Conservative group and leader of the Council, I have to consider the most appropriate time between now and next May to effect a handover of those roles in the interests of the efficient continuity and running of the Council. When I have made that decision in consultation with colleagues, I will advise all members, but in the meantime, reports of my demise are greatly exaggerated. Thank you, Chairman. <laughs> Pleased to hear it. <coughs> are there any uh, matters of report from members of the Executive? Okay. Councillor Rolfe. A couple of items, if I may, Chairman, and may I add my congratulations to your Chairmanship. Um, first, uh, colleagues will have seen the press announcements that have been coming out on a fairly regular basis about the Tour de France. Uh, we've discussed uh, in Council this before and recognised that it's happening um, and therefore we should make the most of it. Um, your Council is providing two free car parks um, at uh, Debden and um, Ordiel, or Audley End uh, House uh, with a free uh, minibus service into Saffron Walden on Monday the 7th of July um, and um, the other thing I'd like to say this evening is that tomorrow night uh, we have a meeting with the business community, we, we've um, contacted everyone who will be affected by the tour uh, just to see what we can do to alleviate their problem uh, in the context that the road will be closed. Um, so to be able to work as best we can with the business community. So that will happen tomorrow night at 6 o'clock. Anybody is very welcome to come along uh, in the town hall. Um, just before we leave the tour, uh, colleagues, uh, I think it's very important that uh, we try and create some kind of legacy and perhaps uh, outside of this meeting we can put our minds to that. Um, it is very much a key part of our health and well-being strategy to encourage cycling as part of that. And I think there may be two aspects to this. One, we could have a commemorative uh, cycle ride through the Uttlesford part of the tour route on, a, uh, on an annual basis going forward. And the other thing, clearly, is to put our mind, attention, focus and endeavour behind increasing our cycle path uh, facility. So, uh, uh, to discuss in the future, but I think uh, a key part of our health and wellbeing strategy. Um, the other thing I just wanted to touch upon uh, are the area forums and um, just to announce uh, that on the 5th of June in the north and the 10th of June in the south the topic is economic development. Uh, this is something that the chairs and vice chairs uh, of these forums together with officers um, have uh, have decided. I, I think it's a very uh, worthy subject. Um, Stansted Airport will be invited. Um, the Wellcome Trust will be invited. Councillor Bentley from um, uh, Essex County Council, uh, the Cabinet Officer there, will be invited. Um, and it will sort of bring together various aspects of economic development, which again is another core strand of Uttlesford going forward to be able to maintain that drive. Future subjects those colleagues uh, considered uh, were education um, and, and very much wanting young people to take part in that, uh, but to hear from head teachers uh, as well. So that was a, a, a topic for later in the year. Um, and then next year to think very carefully about the subject of health and wellbeing. Uh, what are we doing? How are we doing it? How are we connecting with the clinical commissioning group and the other relevant bodies? Now, um, I'm sure those colleagues, uh, and you've just uh, appointed them, uh, would be keen to hear of other ideas that you would have. So let's make this a, uh, an embrace of exercise, uh, inclusive exercise. Area forums may not be a perfect model, uh, 
but until we can think of a better one, they are a key part of our community engagement strategy and um, we look forward to enjoying them. Thank you, colleagues. Thank you, Chairman. Thank you, Councillor Roth. Are there any other uh, reports from the Executive? No? Good. Okay. Um, item 15, members' questions to the leader. Uh, there are no written questions, but are there any questions from the floor? No? Good. Um, oh, sorry, we do. Yes, yes, members, uh, members, questions to the leader, executive, chairman of committees. Chairman, okay, thank I you. I guess you have one. Yes. <laughs> chairman, thank you. Uh, it's a question for uh, Councillor Rolfe. Uh, the Tour de France is coming through uh, the area on Monday the 7th of July. The route goes through the middle of Saffron Walden from 7 in the morning till 5 o'clock at night. Saffron Walden is shut off from the rest of the world for the day. And might I ask if he's going to be promoting go shopping in Dunmo or Stansted to uh, help benefit the southern areas? <laughs> that is a perfectly legitimate request, and we'll put our mind to that. Um, I, I, uh, I should have added that I have written to uh, Councillor Rodney Bass. Uh, whilst basically the route, we've, we've done the route, and it's in, in quite good shape, and certainly in the Sanfords, a potholed area has been transformed to a gleaming uh, road surface. Um, that is not the case in Saffron Ward and High Street, and uh, clearly that is a hazard, I think, to the riders, although apparently Mark Cavendish has, has ridden the route and said it's OK. But we're, I, I, I'm pursuing... It has been marked up in Saffron Ward and High Street, but we're, I'm pursuing Rodney Hard to get that sorted out as well. Any other areas in your patches, please let me know so we can uh, have it as best we can. But take note of your uh, comments and we'll follow them through. Thank you. OK, we have a, a question from Councillor Cheatham. Thank you. For us down in the south of the district, there's actually some of the Tour de France coming through Felsted. So would Councillor Ralph like to share with us what's happening down in, Stansted, in Felsted with regard to parking and minibuses, etc.? Because we've heard a lot about Southern Morden, but we'd like to hear about what's happening in the south of the district as well, please. I'd be delighted. The Felsted community are exceedingly... Uh, a group, a very active group down there. They're anticipating crowds of up to 10,000, actually. Uh, they've made their own parking arrangements. We've offered all our facilities. We are supporting them with uh, loos, as we are in, uh, in Saffron Walden as well. Uh, we have a meeting on the 19th of May when we make quite sure that Huddersfield uh, District Council is doing everything it can that the Felstead community want, as indeed the Sanford community, the Radwinter community, the Sewers End community. So uh, it, we're open to all of those communities. But uh, no, Felstead look forward to having a very good party, actually. Councillor Eden. Um, thank you. It's also uh, um, uh, a question for Councillor Rolf. Um, as the recently appointed mayoress of Saffron Walden, um, I got the mayoress bit. Um, I have to alert Councillor Rolf to being misguided by Councillor Barker's poor geography. The majority of Saffron Walden is north of the route. Uh, and therefore the majority of shopping is north of the route. I am uh, uh, on Thursday on, in Bury St Edmunds uh, promoting Saffron Walden and we are expecting a vast flood of people from Suffolk to Saffron Walden because they can reach it without crossing the route. Um, so uh, please, uh, would you help uh, Councillor Rolf, uh, Councillor Barker's absence of good jack He wasn't in the engineers, was he? Or like that? he was <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Councillor Eden. Councillor Kent. Thank you, Chairman. Um, I've, I've been asked once or twice now about what's happening um, with the Tour de France in the south of the district. 
When you've had your discussions with Felstead, can you send out an email that not only details Saffron Walden, but the Felstead one, which, as <coughs> Councillor Cheatham says, is obviously going to be um, the only site we're going to be able to reach. Um, and Felstead is a very small village. I mean, it, its main road is, is similar in curves to um, the one in Saffron Walden. So we were discussing at great length today where to tell people to go uh, for a good view and not knowing where the car parks are does make a difference to that. Thank you. We'll certainly do that. Uh, the the Felster community itself is, is, is doing a good job in that direction and all the communication obviously that comes out of Uttlesford is universal to Uttlesford. Uh, it's not particularly focused on Saffron Wall and it's focused everywhere. Details of the route, where the route goes, uh, all of that has been put in the media many times. The, the, the media have been very helpful on this one in actual fact. But I will, I'll take the point back about the focus on Felstead to make sure that everybody is crystal clear because it does have actually similar implications in Felstead that it does to Saffron Wall and so far parts of the community will be cut off because they won't be able to access the main road. Councillor Manel. Thank you, Chairman. I've actually got two questions, if I may. Um, firstly, if Councillor Rolfe, has he invited the health bodies to the meeting tomorrow evening? Because it has been expressed to me some concern that carers, district nurses, district midwives may find it difficult to get to and from to their patients on that day. Um, that was one question. And then he also mentioned the dreaded word potholes. And everywhere I go, um, people talk to me about potholes, ask me about potholes, describe potholes, tell me about how many of their friends are suing the county council, etc. And I would just wonder if we couldn't double our efforts to get some handle on this situation, because I've been, to the, as, as others, to the annual parish meetings, and the people there are saying, why can't the parish councils deal with their own potholes. Well, I see in the local paper that actually some county councillors have also come to that um, idea. So I just wonder if our county council is here, and uh, unfortunately Council Lodge isn't here, but whether we could take that matter up and double our efforts to get the ability to deal with this situation, which can then be passed down and commissioned by parish councils because the situation is totally, totally ridiculous. And we've just had, okay, we've just had the roads resurfaced in our area, which we're very grateful for, but at the same time, the signage went up all over the place saying roads closed. And we discovered at Wendon Zambo that in fact the same um, people in charge of the signage were not the same people that were in charge of doing the roads. So we had roads closed that were actually not closed, and roads open that were actually should have been closed. So the situation has got totally out of hand as far as I can see with regards to the efficiency of the Essex County Council Highways Division. Thank you. Can I ask uh, Councillor Susan Barth to respond? Um, Chairman, just on the issue of um, potholes, um, as the Essex County Councillor here, um, Councillor Bass was asked this very question today at full council. We spent from 10 o'clock till 20 to 4 this afternoon at full council. Which, um, he will not delegate repairs of potholes to districts or to boroughs or to cities or to parishes. He made that crystal clear in several responses that he made to questions today. 
Um, there are additional resources being deployed which will be dealing with the potholes on the main priority one and priority two routes over the coming weeks and we are making progress. Um, the condition of the roads in Essex was measured last September where the amount of defect percentage of the road not up to standard if you like was measured and there will be more measurements this September to see if we are improving, getting better or getting worse. The Ringway Jacobs contract has been reviewed um, but in spite of many requests from many county councillors, the best advice I can give you is to get your parishioners to make sure they do report potholes on the web and that if they do not have satisfaction after a certain length of time, that they approach their county councillor who can escalate things. Councillor uh, Grantbach. Just to reply to Councillor Eden, um, I was commissioned in the Royal Army Medical Corps. <laughs> Uh, and to be clear, I served, looked after the soldiers. I've lived in the messes of 28 amphibious regiment, engineers, Royal Engineers, 32 armoured engineer regiment, Royal Engineers, and 35 armoured engineer regiment, Royal Engineers. And after leaving the services, I served for a considerable length of time as a senior medical officer, looking after 33 EOD regiment, Wimbish, and latterly 101 regiment, Wimbish. I recognise an obstacle to manoeuvre if I ever see one. <laughs> uh, Councillor Rose. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, can I commend the uh, arrangements that uh, the team for the Tour de France have, have done? And as a representative for Newport Business Association, uh, we will be attending. Um, could he reassure our 1,500 odd members that he'll be assessing the economic impact in the area? And in fact, will tourism? Uh, be sustained year on year by his excellent idea of leaving a legacy behind a, a district council. Oh, well, thank you. Um, if, if I can just respond to Councillor Minnell's point first, and then I'll come back to that. Uh, tomorrow night is for the business community. There has been extensive consultation with the NHS and all bodies associated with health and social care. Clearly, the route goes past the Radwinter Hospital, so it does have big implications. Um, but business does encompass a broader uh, group than just retailers. So, for example, coming to the meeting tomorrow night is the Saffron Warden Golf Club, because they you won't be able to get there. Uh, Mercer and Hughes, the vets, you won't be able to get there. So there are other, but as far as the health service is concerned, that has been extensively uh, dealt with. So hopefully uh, that is totally in order. Um, as you know, tourism is a key part of our economic development package. Uh, we recognise its importance to a whole range of uh, organisations within Uttlesford. Um, if uh, uh, an, an annual uh, cycle race or cycle event uh, took place and helped tourism, then that would be fantastic. It's difficult to predict this early. As far as uh, what's going to happen on July the 7th, there will be huge numbers of people in these various communities. Um, they'll need to eat, uh, drink. Uh, they won't have anything to do after the cyclists have whizzed past, and that will take about 15 minutes. Uh, so um, there will be other opportunities. So it, clearly it is an opportunity, and part of tomorrow night is to just make sure that everybody's ready to take advantage of that opportunity. Okay, uh, we're running out of time. I'll take one more question. I understand Councillor Dean has a question. Well, I would ask, Mr Chairman, that Councillor Barker or whoever else could do this to actually take up Councillor Mendel's point about signage for roadworks. And just to give an example, last Wednesday, no, sorry, last Thursday, there was a, an open day at the Council's housing depot 
which I went along to. Um, first thing in the morning, I heard there was a tweet from Uttlesford which said that roadworks, which is supposed to have taken place overnight on Wednesday, hadn't been finished, so there was traffic chaos in Newport. As it so happened, I went to Bishop Stortford to take my wife, first of all, before going. Coming back from there, there was a, a road closed ahead sign at Birchanger Roundabout. Uh, thinks I, can I get home to Stansted? Don't know. Got to Stansted all right. Shall I try and get to Newport by the normal route? I, tried, I decided to do that and I got through. At Newport there was a sign facing southwards saying road closed ahead Is this say a how far or where. Um, <laughs> and the road was perfectly clear and in fact it was quiet because <laughs> when I got to the meeting a man said sorry I'm late, he turned up slightly afterwards but I'd been on a diversion via Thaxted because it said that the B1383 was closed. And it wasn't. No, this is crazy. And, and I do implore somebody to tell Rodney Bass to get the various elements of highways to work together, because it's nonsense. Thank so you. I have some agreement with that. Um, OK, moving to item 16. Uh, members received from the executive. Uh, matters 17 is matters received and joint arrangements of external organisations. There's nothing to announce there. Uh, 18, matters received from committees and working groups. There's nothing to report there. And I think I've just about made it. There's nothing to report from the chairman. Thank you very much indeed. <laughs>